You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. Tom Stanley in for Nick. It's Monday the 30th of January. Plenty to get through this morning with lots of racing reflection. We'll be talking to Vincent Ho, who won the Stewards' Cup on Golden 60. Nick Luck will be along to give us his Pegasus debrief. But we do start domestically. Brilliant days racing on Saturday at Cheltenham, where I think we learnt plenty. David Yates, newsboy of the Daily Mirror, was there. Uh, he joins me very shortly. Uh, and he's actually been doing some of my job for me because he's uh, interviewed Dan Skelton as well who ran Protectorat in the Cotswold Chase. Here's Dan first of all with what he made of the run. I thought it was very acceptable as a prep run. <laughs> um, I had more uh, I had more ambition than that going into it though. I was much and 
progression, he was fitter than he was. In layman's terms, what what would you what would you work on for March the seventeenth? So he'll get an easy week this week, so he gets over the race, and then he gets he gets the full he gets the full program then up to the Gold Cup. I mean, when we got him ready for um, Haydock, we had a clear run, which hopefully we get a clear run with this. He went to our grass gallop three times. He went for an away day as well. In the build up to the Cotswold, he never went for an away day. He went to the grass gallop once, maybe twice. Um, so you can see how the there's a little bit of underpreparedness there in the program that he's he's had for, for getting ready for the um, Cotswold. But he gets he'll get the full program for he'll get the full program for the Gold Cup, obviously. Which whatever happened yesterday, he was going to end up getting the full program anyway but it's now even more important that he does get it and you know if you're ever sort of sat on the fence going you know should we should we do a half day today or a full day it's going to be a full day um you know just you know i, I hold my hands up it, you know the horse did not underperform because he he's a, he's a deteriorated horse that horse underperformed because i didn't have him fully fit enough Dave, welcome along then. What was your, your takeaway, really, from what Dan had to say? Dan Skelton learned at the feet of the master, Paul Nichols, And one thing that Paul Nichols has always done through his career when a horse hasn't won, he's been inclined to blame himself rather than the horse. And um, this was the, uh, the apprentice following in uh, the footsteps of the sorcerer here, wasn't it? Um, that... Dan saying, you know, I thought he might be 90% fit. I didn't want him 100% fit because it was a trial, but I think he was 80% and uh, I hold my hands up to that. Um, I think more than fitness, it was just a question of how Protectorat over-raced for uh, much of the early part of the race. And I think that really... um, went against him he did keep on in the in the closing stages i just think that fundamentally it was a race that wasn't really run to suit protector i wouldn't put a line through him for the gold cup and it's a really interesting one this one tom isn't it because it's 23 years since looks like trouble won the cotswold chase and then followed up in the cheltenham gold cup under richard johnson Will history repeat itself here nearly a quarter of a century on? I wouldn't want to bet my house against that happening. Um, I was, I was, I must admit, I was very surprised by the winner. Um, I thought that Ahoy Senor needed to apply a good load of polish to his jumping uh, in uh, his second season over fences. He certainly did that here. I still think there's more to be applied, um, but he's certainly heading in the right direction. I think if I was looking towards uh, the winner of the 2023 Gold Cup from the Cotswold Chase, I've no doubt that it would be Noble Yates. I thought that he ran a a really promising race for March the 17th. Again, uh, he was, I don't think, particularly well suited by the way way that this race unfolded. I think uh, a truer end-to-end gallop over an extended three and a quarter miles at uh, Cheltenham will suit. And they didn't have the um, the cheek pieces on. Emmett Munn has left those off. And I think we can expect a step forward from Noble Yates in the Gold Cup. We know very well that uh, the, the horses that have won uh, the Grand National and the Gold Cup tend to do it in the reverse order to that. They win the Gold Cup and then possibly the National. He's trying to do it in um, something of... Uh, 
a, uh, a, a, a an idiosyncratic way. But I thought that given the evidence of the way that race unfolded on Saturday, I certainly wouldn't want to bet against him. Even though he was beaten in the trial, I think arguably he enhanced his claims for the, the Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup. Well, let's see what trainer Emmett Mullins thought. Here he is. Yeah, I suppose we're as happy as you can be when you're not winning a race. Um, but, uh, no, he showed himself in good form again. And um, uh, hopefully now um, in the next six weeks or whatever it is, we can uh, turn him up for the Gold Cup and give it a good rattle again. Yeah. And then in some sort of weird world, the Gold Cup's a nice little Grand National trial, right? It's, a, it's just a nice horse to get award all these races. That's it. No, it's, uh, it's great. I'm a horse being able to go to these races, but um, no, being able to go and being competitive is just uh, unbelievable, really. Did you think, Emmett, at the start of this year, that, that the Gold Cup could be on his agenda, or, or was that not a realistic possibility in your mind? was a possibility um, look I don't think much has changed really from the start of the season for me um, he'll take his chance in his Gold Cup he'll be there thereabouts uh, whether he's good enough to win a Gold Cup is another thing but uh, he won't disgrace him in, in, himself in one Mm. Um, and, and looking at a, a horse that stays as far as he does some people might look at it and say well you know the slower the ground on the day the more of a test it'll be the more it'll suit him but is it, is it not as simple as that do you, do you feel he's you know he's a good moving horse and he's better on better ground he's versatile enough um, but I would have always thought he was versatile enough but uh, no I suppose his grand national run uh, was on better ground and I suppose the entry money clouds when ground wouldn't have been too bad so mm. um, no there's definitely an argument there but I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't sleep over the ground yeah grand job anything you're looking forward to running at the Dublin Racing Festival uh, a couple of entries there I'm um, not sure what will take their place in the end of the parties, but um one or two bumper horses that will probably run on a Saturday in the, the big grade two bumper. And um, hopefully um, hopefully they might run well for Nilly and the sun is for you. Good stuff. Thanks for your time. All the best. Cheers. Thank you. Another key trial was the Cleave Hurdle for the, the Stayers Hurdle. Um, Gold Tweet was a... It was a fabulous winner and a really a welcome one as well um, from, from France. The the connections loved it. Um, you and I were together on, on Luck on Sunday, yesterday morning, Dave, where um, Gabriel Linders was was pretty adamant that they are going to supplement. And, and why not? It feels as though they, it, it would be silly not to, really. I think they'd be absolutely crazy not to. Um, if we look back to last Thursday to Gorham Park and the, uh, the, the Galmoy Hurdle, then in Tiapu, we saw a horse who, I think, whilst he struggled against the best at two miles, certainly he was well beaten in the champion hurdle last March, that first attempt at three miles last week really seemed to open doors for him. And I could certainly see why he is the favourite for the Stayers hurdle. But Gold Tweet, I thought, was really impressive. Um, he beat and and travelled all over uh, Dashel Drasher uh, to score by three lengths. Now, that in itself is probably not 
stay as hurdle winning form but we've got a couple of the main protagonists who are either not quite at the top of their game or in the case of the um the dual winner flooring porter not even certain to show up so it's quite an open race the stay as hurdle this year and the way that gold tweet won that race yes i think he has to um produce another personal best uh to win the stayers but let's face it if if you go to um the trials card and and you win the cleave hurdle in that sort of style, you've surely earned yourself a crack at the title. Um, talking as you did to uh, Gabriel Leanders yesterday morning, he certainly sounded as though they would be keen to supplement, given the way that they celebrated this victory in the trial. Well, goodness knows what will happen if they actually do manage uh, to win the big one. It would certainly be exciting for us who are covering uh, the race that day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just while, while we're on there and celebrations, I mean, he, their celebration was only outdone by Sid Hosey's celebration, but it was a, it, it wasn't the festival, but it was a day with a, a real sort of festival feel to it. Just just on the day as a whole, um, I went in with a sort of mix of of excitement and trepidation, covering nine races, half an hour gaps between the majority of the early races, which over jumps, particularly Cheltenham, isn't always easy. But I, I thought it was a rip roaring success day. So do I. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, as you say, it was a it was a long haul. The nine races, of course, we had the Clarence uh, House chase in from Ascot the previous Saturday, but um, I, I thought it it gave us lots of clues. I mean, you know, um, the the Cleve hurdle is a decent guide to the Stayers hurdle. The Cotswold chase, less so for the the, the Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup, but I think you could look at uh, this year's race and and see plausible winners in there. Um, we we had a Paul Nichols double. Stage star is going to go for the Turners novices chase um, after defying top weight in uh, the Timeform novices handicap chase. Uh, Comfort zone is a player in the Triumph hurdle, having won the the Triumph hurdle trial. So yeah, there was there was really lots to chew at. Uh, a, a, a fascinating and and uh, enthralling card from beginning to end. Right, we'll, we'll come to the Clarence House. Uh, first of all, here is Emma Lavelle and what she made on of Paisley Park. I'm sort of thinking through the race how easily he was travelling, and um, and you know he actually has travelled through his races a little bit easier this this season, um, but he was travelling far too easily, um, turning in, in sort of turning for home, and uh, and that usually means that they just haven't gone quick enough and uh, as that was happening I was starting to think that with no flat spot at this point we may be struggling here when they did turn the um, turn the speed up and and that's that's basically really what happened mm. so that I mean that that's him isn't it you you and everyone really knows him so well that the fact that he was latched onto the back of them turning for home you probably thought oh dear if they if they quicken away from me here we, we could be in trouble um I mean he, he is fine and and given how the race developed you're I, I guess disappointed he didn't go and win but there's sort of nothing untoward or you, you can find a, a pretty obvious explanation as to why he didn't go and win the race can you yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he was absolutely fine this morning, trotted out sound, he was fine after the race, he had a nice blow, but he, you know, seemed absolutely fine after the race, and I think, um, you know, you can tie yourself up in knots trying to work out why horses that you, you know, think are going to go and win don't, um, and, 
you know, I could say, well, he, he probably's had two harder races already this season, and and maybe this race came a week earlier than it would normally do based on the fact that the um, long walk was a week later, so he had a shorter time to recover. But I think you know all of these may, things may have had a, a slight bearing on 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 the performance. But but ultimately, when you know he's he's so handy in a race, you kind of think mm, that we probably just haven't gone quick enough, and it isn't going to play to his strengths. Mm. But yeah, ultimately, he's, he's he's clearly been a complete superstar for us. He's come out of the race really well, um, and and I think. The one thing he, um, you know, he he loves Cheltenham. He touch wood will go to the stairs as as normal. Um, you know, you'd hope there would be a, a good bit of pace in that race, and uh, hopefully we'll have a spot on for that. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, let's just touch on Red Rookie. This weekend's going to go to Sandown, is he? Has we haven't seen him since day after Boxing Day. Yeah, so he he'll go to Sandown on. Um, on Saturday for the two mile handicap, um, I was happy enough with how he ran at, at Chepstow. We just hadn't had a straightforward preparation with him. Um, Touch Woody seems to be on a good on a good track at the minute. Um, I think he is an out and out two miler. It was two miles three at Chepstow. I've never really. You know, when we've run him over two, three, he just he's never really got to the line. So, I think um, I think you know, dropping him back to two miles would be good. And I think you know the horse that that won the fugitive went and ran you know a great race yesterday. So, uh, I think the form was good of the race, and I, I just think he's definitely come on a lot since since Chepstow. So, you'll be really looking forward to him. Thanks, Emma. Best of luck. No worries. Thanks a lot. So the Clarence House, Dave. This was on paper a, a, a fabulous renewal, um, sort of enhanced really by the fact that it, it wasn't staged at Ascot. It was opened up, and we got double the amount of runners, including the the supplemented winner in the form of editor De Gite. What did you make of the race as a whole? I thought it was um, well. It, it produced, from a human interest perspective. Some some really interesting lines. Obviously, Niall Houlihan um, having his first Grade One winner. It's always interesting to see Gary Moore score at the top level, particularly with a horse who wasn't among the original entries but was supplemented. Um, the uh, the Preston family, part owners of this horse, they've owned three horses, uh, and two of them are Editor Dujit and. Um, the other one is the champion chase winner <laughs> of a few years ago, Sider Gruji. Yeah. So they've been incredibly lucky, and so it, it was it was very interesting from that perspective. I, you know, sometimes you write races from the point of view of what the horse has achieved. Sometimes uh, you write them from the humans' input, and in this case, it was a uh, you know. Who wouldn't have been warmed on such a, a chilly day at Cheltenham yesterday by the opportunity to interview Josh Moore, son of trainer Gary? Of course, his life was in such serious peril uh, last year. The, the complications that followed um, the surgery uh, for that after that fall at Haydock last April. And there was Josh now, of course, retired from the saddle, assisting his father in the training of the horses. Um, it was an absolute delight. 
to talk to him yesterday and see him in in such good health, having made such a miraculous recovery. So from a human interest point of view, it was a really interesting race uh, to cover. What do we make of it form-wise? Um, editor Dujit, I thought, got a cracker of a ride from uh, Niall Houlihan. If I had to choose which one of the first three, editor Dujit beat Edward Stone ahead with... with Energumen, a, a rather lacklustre six and a half lengths back in third. If I had to choose the winner uh, from those three of the Queen Mother Champion Chase, Tom, I think I'd go with Edward Stone. Um, he did yes, get I, to the I front. Would. Then he was headed close home. Of course, it's all about prices, and, and they're they're the seven to four joint favourites, Energumen and Edward Stone, and editor Dujit is six to one. So um, it is price related, but I think if I if I could just have the choice of picking the winner, I thought that Edward Stone uh, would be the most likely to prevail. Um, the uh, suntanned Alan King, uh, although he'd gone under, his horse had gone under by a head in this grade one, he didn't seem too perturbed. Uh, I think in did you interview him and he said you know i've just got to get this this horse right for march the 15th and i think that was a pretty solid base upon which to build much less so argument um an argument i thought that uh he jumped stickily afterwards willie mullin said that it might have been the um the the white english fences uh, the the bars now are, are on the the takeoff side are, are painted white instead of orange because academics felt that it um it helped horses see them but I, I just thought that his jumping led him down really um I spoke to Sean Graham earlier about if there'd been any fallout Sean Graham of course is the racing manager to owner Tony Bloom um he said that as far as he was aware that the scope had come back clean the horse just had an off day underperformed and they just had to hope that he would be back to his um Im impressive best on March the 15th but they couldn't offer um any concrete reason for his underperformance on Saturday and one thing we shouldn't do is try to second guess and certainly not doubt the great Willie Mullins, who hit 4,000 winners with bronze success at Fairy House on Saturday. Um, Willie himself was, uh, of course, at, at Cheltenham. Um, first of all, Ruby Walsh kindly joined me. This was yesterday evening to to talk about the milestone of, of hitting 4,000 winners uh, for Willie Mullins. He also reflected on Anergamin towards the end. Oh, sure, look, it's an incredible number. And to think that only Dermot has trained that number of winners in Ireland when you think of the success, all the success Aiden has had, um, and even numerically, I mean, Aiden in the 90s was incredible, but to think that Willie's numbers are even bigger than his, um, it is quite, quite remarkable. And look, it's been, um, I suppose Willie has grown year on year from when I started there in the in the mid to late 90s every year there's been more stables more horses uh, a higher quality horse and over a what is that 30 year period he's just or almost 30 year period he's just 25 years even it's just got bigger and better all the time and it's just an incredible number yeah so I, I was looking at this mid to late 90s you're you were he got his first fifty up in Ireland, anyway, in 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 ninety six, ninety seven. But but what is it yeah. that that lets you go from that to hitting two hundred a year? I mean, that's to 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 do that in the space of 
you know, he, he was doing that really 15 years later. That's that's huge growth. It was, but I, I remember when I started the winnings, um, as you said, that was the first year he had 50 winners. I think there was one chaser in the air, Tom, um, on Monolia River. There was no other horse in the yard that was even going to run in the chase. There were lots of bumper horses, bumper fillies, lots and lots of bumper fillies, and um, a cross between summer jumpers and, and summer flat horses. So, look, it was an improvement in quality, obviously investment, um, more financial clout, I suppose, from, from different owners. But then it's how you spend the money. And to be fair to Willie and Harold Kirk and Pierre Boulard, um, how they spent the money has been remarkable and then obviously it's a huge effort so like, as Willie has said it himself obviously Patrick finished school in the early 2000s and he, he's been there since David has always been there Dick Dowling and you, you can't look beyond Jackie who's had a huge say in, in the business in, in running the business and um, that's what it's become it's become it's WP Mullins, but it's WP Mullins, Jackie, Patrick, Limited, Inc. Mm. But it's not, like you say, it's not just about about getting get you know spending the money more wisely, getting the better horses in. Because when you're when you're running as many horses as, as he is or the team are, there's then so many more individuals involved, and that takes a lot of a lot of man management, team management. So he's obviously a genius when it comes to the horses, but. There's obviously something else he's very good at when it comes to to the operation, to managing a team. There is, yeah. Um, there's obviously a lot to it. But like I think if you look at his strike rate, he doesn't waste runs. He tends to try and place every horse where he can possibly win. And, you know, we all have a, a saying when you be walking bumper horses, this is for Tremor in August and um, you know he's very good at figuring out the ability of each and every horse that he has and then placing them to peak at what time of the year suits that individual horse and that's I suppose is maximising every opportunity that you have mm. Right. so just just one thing recently carefully selected winning of Thaestes for example I think I reeled off that's a great training performance without I guess really knowing why but why is that to get a horse off such an absence on his second start back to win a Thaestes why is that such a great training performance well it is perseverance but obviously it's, it's good, great loyalty from your owner as well to say that you're willing to keep a horse or yeah keep a horse for a thousand and twenty two days when it doesn't see a race course yeah. uh, as one of another owner of Willie's would say, there's no such thing as a white flag in close up. Um, he never gives up on horses. He's probably slow to turn them over, but if he thinks there is another day in a particular horse, he will keep going to try and to try and get that. And um, it, it, you get you get a horse that carefully selected. Obviously, when you walk out that length of time, Tom, you're talking at least two significant injuries. Um, so. You know, to get him back and then get all the training into him. One run of the Paddy Power, four weeks later, you're at the Tiestes and he's improved. A lot of horses bouncing. As he said himself, standing in the bread ring, he didn't know before the race whether he was going to bounce or improve. And he firmly believes that you should be standing in the bread ring, hoping your horse is fit enough and hoping it's going to do its job rather than knowing it will, because if you know, you've more than likely left it on at home. Mm. A quick take on, on Energumen and the Clarence House. 
Yeah, look, Willie and Paul are, are optimistic, or Paul is probably more optimistic than everybody. He thinks he can, uh, or the horse will find the improvement to, to turn the tables with Editor De Geet and Edward Stone. Um, I suppose I've only watched it once. I didn't watch a replay today. My initial reaction was a little bit disappointed. Um, I didn't think he jumped to his usual fluency. Willie was quite, maybe questioning that the, the difference in the colour of the jumps. Um, I don't know. The jury's out for me, Tom. Um, I hope he can improve, but look, he beat Funan Buda Savola a lot further yesterday than he beat him in last year's champion chase, but mm. he came up, came up short, so I, I don't know. Ruby, thanks for your time. Cheers, Tom. Thank you. 4,000 winners for for Mullins then, Dave. Uh, how do you how do you weigh that up as a, an achievement to what other other people have achieved in this sport? Yeah, well, it's it's an amazing achievement because it's it's not just the numbers, is it? Uh, the four thousand. Um, he's a, a trainer who obviously has combined impressive totals, but also with uh, absolutely bundles of success at the top level too. Um, I I think that his is a a career that just has built incrementally almost year on year i don't think there's been one uh turning point by which suddenly there's been a a flash of brilliance and he's built on that um i you know we we talked about this yesterday on luck on sunday and and i i i can't claim to bring any great insight into the life or career of willie mullins i wouldn't claim to know ireland's champion trainer particularly well but i think that one observation is valid and that is that he always brings a very well-developed self-critical faculty uh, to what he does. I, I'm always very interested when um, he's interviewed about horses and he, he admits to being unimpressed by what they've done. Um, he, he did that to an extent with Sir Gerhardt when he made his chasing debut at Goran last Thursday. You know, it, it, when he was interviewed uh, by Gary O'Brien on Racing TV... The first half of the interview, he was really saying that he was pretty unimpressed by what the horse had done. But I think that what that does show is that rather than thinking his horses or that he uh, is the best thing since sliced bread, he then goes away and thinks, right, what can I work on? What do we need to do uh, to get this horse to improve and to uh, succeed at the highest level? I, I think, as I say, it's a very um, well-developed a uh, critical mechanism that he's got and and that has been at least in part what has propelled him towards that awesome total of 4000 winners well nick joins me now before boarding a plane back home i imagine that's happening pretty soon he's been out for the pegasus for the eclipse awards as well but pegasus wise how was the evening as a whole nick yeah, Tom, as everybody will have seen, it is a different affair, as much a social event as it is a sporting occasion. But the juxtaposition down here in sunny South Florida tends to work really well. It's it certainly got the, the hippest vibe of any race day um, you or I have ever ever been to. Quite how I fit into it, I'm not, I'm not sure. But I've certainly very much enjoyed being a part of it the last few years and seen some great horses win it. Yesterday's race was a little bit different, but, but threw up an interesting story nonetheless. So was it sort of all the less exciting or, or or was the race less of a spectacle because we didn't have the, the classic winner there i know we, we were never really going to were we or 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 did yesterday stand up as a top quality addition for you well i suppose it depends what you want if you want to see the box office name you didn't get the box office name you didn't get a an arrogate or a 
a gun runner or even a, a Knicks go or, or, or life is good last year, but you got a very deep field, a very closely matched field uh, and a race that it was, it was great to have a bet in. I mean, if you did manage to, to land on the exotics, you'd have done extremely well because you had very big price horses filling out third and fourth. And there is a little bit of a, of a vacuum in terms of what you'd call those older American, what you would have would have called those older sort of handicap horses, but what you'd call now older grade one horses here. There is a little bit of a vacuum in, in that division. So particularly on the East coast. So it'll be interesting to see what, what this bunch can, can produce for the rest of the year. We thought it was going to be art collectors last start, but I suspect they might think again, because even though he's six and we thought we knew everything about him, even if this wasn't a vintage running, he looked a slightly different proposition. Yes, didn't he? Did did uh, Bill Mott indicate whether or not he might go on his travels? Of course, you know, you, you have Saudi coming up relatively quickly. You've got the Dubai World Cup as a possibility as well. It's it's very rare. In fact, I don't think don't know if any horses have taken in all three in the past, but certainly another one is is a possibility. Did Bill indicate that or any other horses that ran in the race indicate they might go abroad? Well, they've traveled before with him to, to no great effect. So that might that might put them off. However, the one thing that owner Bruce Lunsford did say is that this this might not be the last hurrah even though there was a, a putative deal done to, to stand him at stud so you do wonder whether one one or other of those races might be might be attractive obviously the turnaround to the Saudi Cup's quite quick but you do get a win and you're in if you're not entered already so it'll be interesting to see whether they're tempted by that but uh, you know he's a he's a horse who as I say changed his game yesterday he'd come off a break he's normally a horse that you think has to make the lead but he didn't, and he actually finished out his race really strongly. I've interviewed Bill Mott seventy-five or hundred times, probably for the telly, and I've never seen him as happy as he was yesterday. Sort of, I've seen him, you know, choked up and emotional, and you know, appreciating deep significance of really big races. But he just seemed elated. I wonder if he he rather thought, well, "Hang on a minute, this is a three million dollar bonus that I wasn't really expecting." And on the turf, um, you and I were discussing this before you left, actually, about international representation there or, or lack of it from outside of the, the states. Um, I think you know half a million quid effectively for for winning it in in, in Sterling. What why, why don't more go out there? And, and and what did you make of this year's renewal? Well, I suppose other options aren't there that where you, you're probably likely to get more heavily subsidised if you do go. And I think that's probably that's probably what puts some people off because you, you still get a part subsidy for the for the Breeders' Cup. You get subsidised for Hong Kong and Japan and um, part subsidised for Dubai and Saudi. So th- there's an awful lot going on internationally during the winter and it, it probably is just getting a little bit squeezed out. Having said that, I think if you planned it carefully enough and you had the right type of horse that you thought would be suited by a decent surface and a, and a tight turf track uh, and you thought they were of say group two standard in europe you'd be daft not to have a go at it because it was a very winnable race hmm. uh, okay keeping the international theme going um i enjoyed listening your, to your interview with zach Purton a, a week or so ago who was talking about the stewards cup at chartin uh, that took place uh, a couple of days ago if you're listening to this on monday um california spangle could only manage third for zach it was won by golden 60 have you seen it what did you make of it yeah, I have seen it. I thought it was a super performance from Golden 60. Uh, and the fact that he went off second favourite t- tells you all you need to know about the depth of this race, given that he's the most prolific grade one winner ever to have come out of, of Hong Kong. And and he won he won quite well in the end. The interesting thing about that Zach Pern interview a couple of weeks ago is that he said, I, I, I've got him a couple of times. I, I'm not sure I'll be able to, to get him again, Golden yeah. 60, because he thought that Vincent Ho would be you know, well wise to what Zach Burton was trying to do, messing the pace around in front and trying to get Golden 60 too far out of his ground. 
Golden Six, he was never too far out of his ground. Vincent Ho was alive to that. A romantic warrior was the horse that really caught the eye. Um, he'd only been beaten once in his career before uh, Sunday, and he was the horse moving forward. But I, I posed the question to to the Croc on the podcast last week: Did I th- did he, did he think he'd be a, 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 as effective at this flat mile as he has been over a mile and a quarter? And even though he was a shade keen in the early stages, m- my answer would be not quite. I don't think because he 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 just ran out of he just ran out of real estate. Nick, fly safe. Thanks, Tom. Well, Golden Sixties rider is Vincent Ho, who joins me now, and um, he and and California Spangle in particular, and 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 Zach and himself go back a good few races now. Vincent, uh, thanks for your time. I thought it was a really interesting tactical battle this race. It, it seemed like you didn't want Zach to get too far away. Thank you. Um, yeah, um, I mean, both of them. Being in front of me is uh, is the best position that I can get, and uh, yeah, no matter the pace is fast or slow, I still have two horses that will bring me on to the race and not dropping back. Uh, so no, it was it was a good, the perfect position. That in the straight, did you did you always feel that you were you were going to get a run and and get out? Was there ever a moment that you were worried? Um, not really, because um, you know the corner went Puritan pick up the pace. Um, Romantic Warrior already start to you know push hard. For by the jockey um, at around the 600, 500, 600. So, um, you know, Romantic Warrior is a, is a great horse, but he just came back, you know, from 2000 to 16. Um, you know, he didn't have that great turn of foot um, like Golden 60, but he will keep coming. So, when when Perton kicked, um, he will sort of left behind a little bit, but he won't stop, of course. But I just take that opportunity to uh, move out. Um, so yeah, I was I was pretty confident either I get a run there, or if the slow, if um, Perton doesn't pick up the pace and it, if it goes slow, then. Um, Romantic warrior, I think he will he will pick up the pace at his you know before before six hundred. So um, either way, I can follow uh, romantic warrior to come outside him or or just to wait. Mm. And just sum up how good a horse this is. The commentator said the the horse of a generation. How, how good is he? How much does he mean to you? Um, I think he means everything. So far in my career, definitely, uh, no doubt about that. And uh, you know, we we don't come across horses like this that often. Uh, you know, Romantic Warrior is one. Uh, I believe he, you know, for for over, you know, probably from 2000, he, he's gonna 
smash everyone easily. Um, if the future future king in Hong Kong, I would say. Um, and uh, yeah, but Golden Sixty is definitely very special. Uh, over from twelve to two thousand, he still can sprint on twenty one something. So um, it's pretty special. Vincent, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Well, with Dave Yates, all I need from you is a, a tip. Yeah, we go to the 8 o'clock race at Wolverhampton, Tom, and it's number two, Mighty River. Uh, beat Mahatu last time at Lingfield. The runner-up has gone one better with the help of the stewards. Mighty River is £2 higher here, but I hope can go in again. 8 o'clock race at Wolverhampton. Selection is number two, Mighty River. Dave, much appreciated. Thanks ever so much. Nick will return to your ears tomorrow. That was Monday the 30th of January. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.